Intel wants to build your next PC out of glass. Too Switch, too furious. And too many chiplets for Max Blackwell. That's what the next gen of NVIDIA's 50 series. Slipping that one out real hard. <laughs> Let's get the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news like find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast this Tuesday, September 19th, 2023 dab on all the viewers and today we're going to talk about what intel seems to be very excited about which is they have found the next generation of substrate or things that they will build your chips on in order to make them go zoom zoom you think that we knew how to make sand think before now yeah. we can make more sand think more faster how by using glass. So according to Intel, the industry's first glass substrates for next generation advanced computing are on their way, saying after a decade of research, it's happening. They look forward to these cutting edge <coughs> technologies. I don't know if they meant that as a pun. That will benefit our key players and foundry customers for decades to come. And just giving a history of processor substrate. It was on lead frame slash wire bond. Then it went to ceramic. Then it went to organic. Then it went to organic with EMIB. And now it's on the next gen substrate, which is going to be the glass panel at Intel, which they say they have invested over a billion dollars into. And they are working on making this happen. It has a whole host of new benefits it can scale better you get more density you get better power delivery better io it essentially is perfect for everything moving forward according to everything they said today so your next pc all the little thinking that happens to make your little video games run will be done by glass smart glass smart glass is that what google was trying to sell us it was trying they were ahead of their time now, Intel's here to make it happen for them. This is honestly beyond my pay grade to fully understand, like, oh. the foundry industry. Once again, I just think it's neat. It's neat, but also, like, it, clearly they're stacking the deck here where they're only talking about how this is amazing. I wonder if there's some limitations that we will find out as they start putting all these little thinking electrons on glass. Maybe your reflection is there and it makes you sad. Oh, my reflection will break it. <laughs> as my dad would say. All right, we're going to stop being sad and cut to today's video sponsor. Today's episode of Breadfest is sponsored by Soylent. I've been enjoying Soylent for months, even before they approached us for a sponsorship, just because of how convenient and complete they are for my diet and my life. We also brought it with us on our recent road trip to Canada, and it helped keep us out of fast food stops while we were driving the 60 plus hours to get to Vancouver. And I'm a man who loves simple solutions to my daily needs, since I have a ton of responsibilities that I'm dealing with as part of, you know, running my own business and my personal life. So Soylent offers me a single meal in a bottle. No prep, no mess, no cleanup, and not even refrigeration is needed in case I forget to put it in the fridge because it's just sitting out of my front doorstep the entire time. And most importantly though, it's not made from people. We see your comments, I know, but you can get Soylent Green Mint Chocolate. But Soylent gives me and can give you the nutrition you need with 28 vitamins and minerals, 20 grams of protein, and only one singular gram of sugar. It's also delicious. It's smooth, it's creamy, has eight flavors to choose from with Cafe Mocha really reaching the top as my favorite. And it was voted the best meal replacement in a survey of over 40,000 consumers by Kantar Research. And this creamy chocolate is literally the last one I have until my next order shows up. But the biggest thing for me is that it's made of U.S. grown sustainable soy and not dairy, which I've recently had to eliminate from my diet entirely. I was looking for a convenient, affordable, all-in-one protein drink that wasn't dairy-based and Soylent popped up as the top result for me. And now we're here with this sponsorship. And 
conveniently for you. The first 500 people to use the link in the description and code UFDTech30 will get 30% off their first subscription with Soylent. Check out Soylent, enjoy the convenience, the affordability, the deliciousness, and the nutrition. Big thanks again to Soylent for sponsoring today's breakfast. And just like Soylent's my ally, we've got a new one that you can check out. The Rogue Ally with the Z1 chip, not the Z1 Extreme, is now officially out for sale. So which, they actually made it. Yes, and we got some details, I think it was last week or the week before, that these were gonna be built on Phoenix 2 with mm -hmm. Zen 4C, and that's exactly what's happening. It is at a ridiculous price of $5.99, I'm not okay with that. It's not, I mean, that we knew the price from the beginning. Yeah. And AMD has published their own benchmarks, but I've seen a couple people get behind the scenes reviews of these. Uh, it looks like CPU performance, mostly fine. You don't, mm -hmm. that was never really the bottleneck on these devices anyways. Yeah. GPU, bad, bad. Like, How bad? It's the difference between getting 60 FPS and not in, in a lot of different games, and especially on a 120 hertz screen. Like it has yeah. all of the same specs besides performance. Same 500 nits brightness, same 1080p screen, 512 gig SSD, all of that. But according to AMD's own published benchmarks, you can see things Red Dead Redemption 2, keep an eye on that, 72.3. CSGO, 217, and then Grand Theft Auto 5, 112. Okay, 41.8 in Red Dead, 150 in CSGO, and 97.5 in GTA 5. In some games, it doesn't matter at all. Borderlands 3 goes from 66 to 62. That, there's some weird, strange stuff going on, but you're getting the 740M iGPU as opposed to the 780M, which has, I think, a third of the total teraflops performance that the Z1 Extreme can have. So you would expect around one third of total performance, but it appears there's like some weird, Windows nonsense that's preventing these chips from actually, like, I think the Z1 Extreme has more in it, but that's why it's staying so close to the Z1, yeah. is because something about being on Windows with power profiles and a whole bunch of stuff is stopping it from going as fast as it possibly can, because these numbers are actually too close based on the teraflops numbers mm -hmm. that AMD has produced, which tells you roughly essentially how fast the GPU should go. And this is not looking like it's real. They're too close together, but it's definitely that the Z1 version of the ROG Ally should cost way less than $599. It's too much at $599. It's, mm, it should be $499. 399 it, it's competing more with the steam deck than it is with the z1 extreme if you like to play higher fidelity higher graphically intense games if you're just emulating or you're just playing cpu stuff you're gonna be fine yeah you can use the 120 hertz screen then at least y yeah you could you spend the extra hundred dollars that you save with the z1 and buy a bigger sd card which they didn't fix the heating problems either so that's gonna die oh great oh boy well let's talk about another handheld because we got some details coming out from microsoft's emails with activision because of this whole merger that's yeah. going on and activision knows how fast the switch next generation is gonna be or ng switch as they call it next gen switch switch oh. to whatever you want to call it and according to them it appears that it's going to be about as fast as a ps4 or an xbox one so it's going to be about a full generation behind in performance which is not surprising which is it's kind of how it's always been with their mainline consoles yes but the thing that they're showing off here is that it, they're hoping to get like dev kits in order to make call of duty for the next gen switch especially since activision in all of the proceedings was saying that they missed getting on the switch hype train with call 
of Duty. And so they think they can do it with the next generation, especially if they get their hands on all of the dev kits to make it happen. But PS4, Makes Xbox sense. One, I would hope closer to a PS4 Pro. That's what I personally would want to see. But especially if it does get things like Nvidia's DLSS, could bump it up a little, a tier higher there. Yeah, let's say it's PS4 performance, but has DLSS feature sets, yeah. then I think you could see it running at higher frame rate and even higher fidelity, especially since the benefit of deep learning super sampling is that you send the game off to AI machine learn with yeah. NVIDIA and they create a model for you and Nintendo could do that and then it's all running on the same hardware. You could potentially get better DLSS models out of Switch games. Maybe. I'd like to see that. Hmm. People like to see you. Everybody's real sad that you might be leaving. Oh no. Oh, he... Or nor. Oh yeah, I forgot, you're an upside downer. And hey, oh, no. deals, or nor. Starting off today, we have the Edify MR4 powered studio monitor speakers. I love myself some bookshelf speakers. These you can pick up in white or black for only $99.99 with the coupon code applied, making them $30 off. Coupon! But then next up, we have the Corsair HX850, which is the 850 watt 80 plus platinum. Platinium. Platinium power supply going for only $123.99 with the included promo code making them $61 off. Coupon! And then lastly we have the Asus Prime Z690P Wi-Fi D4 LGA. There's a lot of words it's in there. It's got DDR4, that's the important part Yeah, of that. it makes it cheaper going for only $149.99 making it $70 off. With no coupon! With none, you get nothing. And with that, the deals are done. You can find these and more linked in the video description down below. But until next time, I'm gonna... <gasps> Hand you off back to bread. Upside down. For upside downing. <laughs> well, Reese, I got the exact opposite of a deal for you. Good. Back at CES, Samsung unveiled their 57-inch Odyssey Neo G9 dual UHD monitor. This thing is- Dual UHD. Well, it's 57 inches, right? 240 hertz, mini LED, and comes in at a resolution of 7680 by 2160. This essentially is a 4K super ultra wide. Absolutely bananas. Thousand nits, peak brightness, all of the things you could possibly want. When is enough enough not yet not yet i'll Who's tell you buying that. this well i can tell you if you want to buy it if you use our link down in the video description you can get 500 dollars in credit if you purchase it okay. which drops the price down from a blistering 2500 dollars to just a cool 2000 actually you still have to spend the 2500 dollars, but then you get 500 dollars to spend on a monitor for your your kid. <laughs> they get the they get the baby version of it. I don't know. It it helps to make it cheaper. We have a link in the video description in case you want to check that out. But you can't check out Google Domains no more. It's officially dead. They have published the fact that as of September 7th, Squarespace acquired all domain registrations and related customer accounts from Google Domains. Customers and domains will be transitioned over the next few months with their website showing that you can't do it. You can't go get no more. It don't I, know happen. I'm still mad about this because I use Google Domains, but I am the best case scenario in that I also use Squarespace for all my linking stuff. So I'm still mad about it. But at the same time, it's like, uh, well, I gotta it's, do things it, slightly differently. It was in beta for seven years. And then a year after it came out of beta, they sold it. They transferred it over. Why Google? Why do you do these things to us? I had completely forgotten about this, but I got reminded like several days ago when we checked out the Killed by Google site and it was right there in front. <laughs> I was just like, oh. And you're gonna wanna check out Blackwell. 
I was going to say Black Mage. I got I got Intel on my mind. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've got new reports coming out about NVIDIA's next generation GPU is going to potentially be the RTX 50 series. And the mm. fact that a well-known leaker is discussing that it will finally, just like what AMD is doing, be on a chiplet architecture, which means it's going to use multi-chip modules, be broken up a little bit different, not be like the way it is with Ada Lovelace and Hopper, the way that things are done currently, which is one of the reasons why it's suspected that NVIDIA had to charge so much for their current GPUs mm -hmm. because they can only make them bigger. And if a die that size fails, you have to, you lose that money. You're still out of pocket. <laughs> Whereas the thought is with things like AMD setup, when you're you're building chips out of smaller chips, if they do fail, it's a smaller piece that you just slot in a different part, which is one of the reasons why it's expected that the 7800 XT is so close in price to the 7700 XT. They don't need you to buy the cheaper one. They're, they're doing just fine. They're making enough. They don't have to make up for the cost. They don't have to sell the defective ones. The yields are high. Everything's good. And hopefully that could potentially carry on over to NVIDIA. But we do have our first rumors of RTX 5090 specs. Ooh. So I want you to take this with a massive lots wife right now because th this is like when a gust of dust is coming off the coast of Africa and we start trying to predict where the hurricane model's gonna go. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where we are right now. We're just in the, like, <laughs> the dust has come off of the Sahara. We have no idea where this is gonna make landfall. But the 5090, according to some rumors that are happening over on the Chip Hell forum, which tends to have some idea of where things are in pre-production, indicates that we are expecting a 50% increase in cores, 52% increase in memory bandwidth, putting it at over 1.5 terabytes per second, 78% mm -hmm. increase in L2 cache, which is something okay. that NVIDIA has been doing lately, 15% increase in frequency to get up to 2.9, close to three gigahertz out of the box, and a 70% performance bump overall. So that, at least according to everything we're seeing, might be raw performance. Now it's unclear, there's some speculation. We could go with 24 or 32 gigs of GDDR7 and either have a 382 or 512 bit bus, which there has been some other rumors indicating yeah. it's 512 bits. This could turn out to be the generation that everybody was waiting for. Just another like, 10 series. Another 10 series, or I mean, even the 30 series kind of had that same feeling. We've kind of been in a TikTok scenario. Nine series was good, 10 series was great. 20 series was bad, uh, 30 series was great, but the issue with that was supply shortages. Yeah. You had all of the issue with mining that made it so that it was unattainable, even if at MSRP, they were fantastic values, at least based on what the 20 series gave us. So the 50 series could hit that where we're having a significant jump in performance. But obviously, there are so many unknowns right now. We're expecting this is going to come out in 2025. That's a long time to wait. Additionally, you, you got things like the AI situation yeah, going on yeah. where maybe NVIDIA doesn't even make these. I've speculated before, and this is based on absolutely nothing but my own brain, NVIDIA spins off the GeForce business altogether and it becomes its own company, so they're not beholden to the whims and fancies of AI. Or potentially this AI windfall that NVIDIA has been reaping lately gets hampered by the fact that either AI is not as capitalistically lucrative as people think. Buzzwords. Or, or AMD in, in, Intel catch up yeah. and they cut into some of that profits. There's a lot of motions in this ocean that could potentially change the situation. Trying to predict two years from now. It's... Yeah. I don't know where the 5090 is going to make landfall, but I can tell you that 
the numbers are starting to pile in. Yeah. We'll keep you updated here on Hot News as it all develops. Now let's get into the comment response. Mick saying, nothing but a salute to the Polaris and Vega GPUs. We both salute with our left hand. What was... It's very strange. It just felt natural. Yeah. Rogue Brit saying Vega aged far better than the media gave it credit for. That's because the media can't predict how it's going to age. And then, I mean, once we're, we're making videos, you make videos about the things that are going to get you the views. And do you know how many people bought Vega 56 and 64? And then went, ah! Not many. And most of those who did, did it for mining reasons, yeah. not for gaming reasons. Vega really shined in the mobile side of things inside of the integrated GPUs, but dedicated wise, it it was especially compared to the 10 series, just bad price to performance at the time. Now, yesterday I did ask what was going on with everybody listening to these longer episodes mm -hmm. of Verunder saying, I love the 30 minute episodes. I'm an artist, so I do warm up sketches while I listen to you guys. That is cool. Digitalized Death saying, I just love UFD Tech. They're the number one of tech YouTubers on YouTube to make YouTube videos. They deserve more subscribers. LTT is a joke compared to my beloved UFD Tech. UFD Tech, love you, sweetie. DD's wife, FYI. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many comments of people telling us how they listen to hot news, yeah. why they enjoy it, all of that. Can you please balance it out today with like, what is your biggest gripe with us? What do you not like about, I, I think desk slaps when I listen to it. It's very violent on the headphones sometimes. That's fair. Let us know what you what your gripe with you, the hot news is. I want to hear that. Sly Fox coming out and saying, first and foremost, sorry to hear Reese is leaving. I'm going to miss the banter. I only recently started watching these morning vids consistently as they grew on me and I like these news updates. For me, it's a nerd's version of dad sitting on the couch with his coffee before work catching local news. Yes, thank you. I love it and I do indeed watch while I eat my breakfast. Keep it up. So two things. Now, this is the tech stuff I wanted to get into. Am I the only one that thinks it's super weird that Starfield was not a major profile game to emphasize and show off FSR 3? No, everybody thought that. Yeah, Every I'm with you on that. And then not that abomination for spoken. Yeah, we all, we're all with you. I don't think a single part, most people were expecting FSR 3 to launch with Starfield. Yeah. And the fact that they it didn't just seems like a, yeah, AMD doesn't do software well, so they're not going to hit the ready. deadlines. Yeah, Starfield wasn't ready either. They uh, could have delayed both of them. Would have worked. It would have been a package deal. Ah, and then two, I find it absolutely bizarre that Apple came straight out of left field with their own silicon and just blew us all away. If you asked me in 2010 to 2013, I would have told you to never buy an Apple computer for content creation because I personally felt it was a massive ripoff. So here's the thing. I don't think Apple comes out of left field. I think what happens is that Android and PC people stop paying attention. Because everything Apple is doing right now, they laid the seeds for ages ago. That's just Apple's thing is, everything is a five-year plan that they execute on. If not more, it, Apple was unhappy with Intel. That was long-standing. Yeah. Additionally, they had been building out their prowess of developing their own chips with their A-series on their phones and their iPads. We had rumors years ahead of time that they were looking to make their own silicon to switch away from Intel because they weren't happy with the performance. I actually found an old Hot News episode from 2018 where I talked about this specific thing. There's also been rumors floating out there that Apple is potentially even looking getting into the gaming game. And I think part of that is them learning how to do everything to the best capacity that they can control it. Yeah. And that takes a lot longer. Apple doesn't do things typically half-heartedly. If they're doing it, they're going full scale into it, and that requires a lot more work. That's why they can't just do things out of left field, as you were saying. It's just, 
There's so much pre-planning that Apple has to do in order to scale things up to the size of the business that they need. Absolutely, and I think if you stop paying attention, it seems out of left field. What do you mean Apple's gonna have gaming on their phones? Where is that coming from? It's coming from the fact that they are controlling their own de software development on the M chips and the fact that it's the exact same essential hardware that's between their M chips and their phones. They've been talking about everything they're doing with metal. They just announced DX12 optimizations mm -hmm. for working on the M chips. All of these pieces are out there in the ether. Now it's starting in the next few years to cohesion, cohesionly yeah give us the good good. I, I hope like that made good, sense. Z-Shrink saying, the rest of the episode aside, I think the first comment response really shows how it's not always about the content and sometimes not even about the host. It's about the friendships we made along the way. And oh heavens, I really hope that 10 hour edit comes through. Guys, I- Why would you want that? Yeah, that, but then also, Gripes, gripes, please. I need, to, I need to read some negativity. Cameron Van Natta saying, the Pixel Watch has so many issues as you mentioned, but if the price was cheap enough, I'd have probably considered it anyways. I have always enjoyed Fitbit and would at least like to try a Fitbit watch with Android Wear on it. Too bad the price has never dropped enough to even be tempting. They can't even make enough parts to have replacements. I, I. Yeah. <sighs> It's a hard recommend. What the duck saying, I fully agree with low resolution and low FPS being perfectly fine if that's all you've got. I've played probably 10 hours of Starfield on my Steam Deck and I absolutely love it. The low FPS doesn't bother me and I've put the vast majority of my time in the game on my high-end PC where I rarely dip below 60. Still unacceptable, but I just accept it. I love this game. Let people enjoy things. Yeah. If I wanna play the worst version of whatever game, that's fine. No, there is no real reason why people have to maximize performance or FPS besides you want to. And if you want to, good on you. I'm kind of also in that camp. I just played Cyberpunk over the weekend, made sure to do it on a 4090. I could have just as easily done it on a Steam Deck. Yeah, hey, I I'm I have no real skin in this game. I played three months. Ah! Most of my games at like locked 30 on console and still enjoyed them. Yep. Tigo saying, I have an R9 Fury Nitro since 2017 and just recently upgraded in July. It hasn't received any updates for quite a while, but I gotta say that was not a big deal for me. Every game I launched was running fine. If you have any issues, a Mernine drivers will probably help you. I'm not I'm familiar not sure with that. that I, off the the main market drivers always opens you up to issues. Weird I'm sure that. there's like development history and you can track whether yeah. or not they're safe. Just it's just, you can't, bat. can't wholesale recommend, hey, <laughs> there's the sketchy driver website where you can download these new R9 Fury Nitro drivers, which how many people bought that car? Drake Chapman saying, I had bought a Sapphire Pulse Vega 56 back in 2019. It was a great upgrade for my 580. I never understood the hate for these cards as I've never had any issues. The, it, the hate comes from the fact that they were hot, Yeah, they were loud, they were overpriced compared to the 10 series. And by the time they released a high-end version in the Radeon 7, it competed only with the 1080 Ti at 699, the same price. And by that point, Nvidia had already moved on to the 20 series. And it's it too just- Too little, too late. There was, the Vega really shined in the low-end market when they tried to scale it up to high-end GPUs. It just didn't compete. Well, Vegas were going for super cheap in South Africa when everyone was trying to ditch them off to the mining. Mm thing blew up. Stiggy Man says, I listened to Breakfast on the train home from work. It's a 48 minute trip. There is your max episode length. That's <laughs> good, good to, to know. know. And then Chunky Joe says, I almost skipped this episode because I thought it was Reese's last video and I just can't handle that loss. Don't worry, that's actually tomorrow. That's coming. Tomorrow's his last hot news. We'll see you. We'll see you then. Or nor.